sweep the leg. You have a problem with that? Listen, see? No mercy. It's your old buddy Robert Barry, and welcome to Retro Crush, the podcast episode 113. That's 113 episodes that you can take to the bank, friends. Every one of them an investment in your pop culture future that's sure to pay in dividends and um, in quotients and things like that that are math sounding. Hope you're all doing well. Um, wonderful weather here these days in Sacramento, and as you may have guessed by the the introduction before the theme started there, this is a special Karate Kid tribute episode. But we're not going to be talking about Danielson here so much. No. You know, Ralph Macchio's great and all, but you know, we're going to talk about uh, the other side, the Cobra Kai Dojo. No mercy, friends. And I'm not going to show you any mercy. It's going to be a relentless... One two punch crane kick to the head of pop culture enjoyment in this episode. So, uh, but man, you know, people might say the Karate Kid is just sort of a knockoff of Rocky for the younger set, but that's, you know, not a bad thing. You know, Rocky was good and all, but the Karate Kid was for us. In the 80s, that was, that was our movie. You know, it was going to inspire us high school kids to, uh, you know, overcome uh, all the obstacles in our way. And the Karate Kid was just, just so much fun. And, uh, you know, pe- people like uh, Pat Morita's Mr. Miyagi character in that, and uh, Ralph Macchio's Danny. But, uh, you know, there's also that Cobra Kai side. And and uh, it's funny how everything came together for me this week. I got a press release last week um, promoting this new song. And, and, and this is a group I hadn't heard of before uh, called No More Kings. And it says they've got this fun new video that you can watch and share with people on your website called Sweep the Leg, which takes uh, the point of view of Johnny from uh, the Karate Kid movie. And uh, I watch it, and the thing's hilarious. It's got uh, Billy Zabka, who played Johnny Lawrence in the original film, um, it's it's like he's been living in a trailer for 20 years and can't escape the uh, stigma of being beat by Ralph Macho in the uh, original Karate Kid movie. So he's uh, visited by uh, his uh, sensei, Kreese, and given a second chance to uh, redeem himself. And it's it's hilarious. The less you know about that video, the better. But it's got cameos from a lot of people, including Ralph Macho and some other folks. And it's it's just so funny. We've got it linked on the front page. And uh, they said how, you can interview uh, Pete Mitchell, who's the lead singer of this uh, No More Kings group. So I thought that'd be great as well. I'd love to do that, you know, because this is such a funny song. It'd be fun to talk pop culture stuff with him. And we do have the interview we're going to share with you on this podcast today. 
Um, but earlier this this week also, the same day I got to interview Pete from No More Kings, uh, on my own went and found uh, Billy Zabka, who played Johnny Lawrence, and, and interviewed him as well. And it's one of the most fun interviews uh, that we've put up on Retro Crush in quite some time. This guy doesn't shy away from talking about... The Karate Kid, you know, sometimes you talk with uh, certain celebrities that did something a while ago, and they kind of w- only want to focus on what they're doing now. But, uh, you know, uh, Billy Zabka just totally got to uh, roll around in all the Karate Kid, Cobra Kai stuff with me and just indulged all my geeky questions about it and was just as geeky about it as I was. So uh, if you go to the front page of Retro Crush, you can read that. I wanted to share the audio of that with you on the podcast as well, but it got kind of trashed uh, for various reasons there, but uh, but uh, I think it's a good read nonetheless, and there's a lot of good video clips and stuff that you can uh, look at as well on that interview. But let's get back to Pete Mitchell here, uh, No More Kings. You can uh, check out uh, their website, nomorekings.com, and they're touring the country right now, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But let's play a bit of the song, Sweep the Leg, so you can hear uh, what I'm talking about and coming from here. It never really mattered, I was always under control Monkey here, monkey think, there is no fear in this dojo I was a superhero, king of 1985 I showed no mercy, I was always Cobra Kai But I caught a crane kick to the face uh-huh. I guess he sealed my fate when he said So uh, here is our interview with Pete Mitchell, lead singer of No More Kings, whose uh, song Sweep the Leg that you just heard there. Um, I've got Pete Mitchell here from No More Kings, whose uh, new song Sweep the Leg and video is just getting all over the place on the internet and getting a lot of positive response. And Pete, I was just uh, telling you a bit ago that we were uh, just got done talking to Billy Zabka and you were just mentioning what a, a fun, great guy he is there to work with there. Um, yeah, it's just it's amazing because he gets you know he gets kind of uh, bad press for always playing bad guys, but you know in real life he's just one of the sweetest guys I know. Yeah, I was surprised how um, willing he is to still embrace the the character of Johnny Lawrence from the Karate Kid. Is you know it's just not something he's ashamed of or wants to move oh, past yeah. or that was long ago. I mean it's it's really kind of fun how he uh, respects the impact of that character and. Obviously, you do too, because it inspired you to write the song uh, "Sweep the Leg." What, what I mean, how did that song come about? Just uh, what inspired you to write that? Obviously, besides oh. just the Karate Kid, but yeah, well, exactly. It's one of those you know, singing in the shower kind of moments where. Uh, but I just I've always been a huge um, Karate Kid fan. Obviously, growing up, that movie was you know very much uh, impacted me. You know, at that age, because you know you can relate to Ralph Macchio's character. I think when you're you know when you're our age. Oh, when well, you're my age, I don't know how old you are. <laughs> um, what did you do you graduate kind of, high school? Uh, this is dangerous knowledge to tell you, but I graduated in 91. Okay. Well, I'm 87, so we're not too far from, from each okay. other there. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so, so you, you know, you, so you saw Karate Kid when, when it was still, you know, out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so, you know, you, you can relate to that character of just kind of, being the new kid in the school and kind of not really fitting in and maybe getting getting picked on by maybe the some of the older you know tough guy kids or whatever and then fighting through that you know it's a great message a great story so I've always liked that and I always knew I wanted to you know to do something with that 
Um, but then also, I always have this fascination with, like, the sub-characters, not the main characters. Like, the guy, like, in the case of the Karate Kid, not that Johnny's a sub-character, he's obviously the major antagonist. Sure, but, sure. But he's the one that doesn't get a chance to tell his story in the movie, you know? So I thought it would be funny to, to kind of write an apology from his perspective about everything. So now you, you record this song, um, and it's more or less in the can before the, the video gets made, right? Right. Correct. And and so Billy gets brought on board through uh, just the con- the right connections all line up. And how 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 do you feel when you start learning that he's going to be uh, directing and, and putting this video together here for you? It was um, yeah. Oh my God, that was the coolest phone call I've ever gotten in my life. It was unbelievable to, to hear that he had even heard the song. You know, like you write a song like this, and then to find out that the guy you wrote it about is like is listening. You know, listen to it, and then uh, that he's interested in making the video. So yeah, that was. I blew my mind. I, I really had no, nothing to compare that day to, you know, previous to that. And then to beat him and to be, like, filming the thing, hanging from a wire and just, like, yeah, it was nuts. It got nuts. <laughs> How long did it take to, to film the video? We did it in two and a half days. So we did an initial two days. We did one day in the desert out in Palmdale, California. And then we did the second day in a, in a sound stage where they, you know, they recreated the, uh, the final tournament scene, in, you know, in Hollywood. And then we realized that we needed... We needed some kind of introduction, and that's where we brought uh, Dennis Haskins on as, uh, you know, Mr. Belding to be my, like, you know, pizza sensei. And then by that time, we, you know, we wanted, Ross Macho really badly wanted him to be in it, and he just wasn't sure how he fit into the whole scheme. He wasn't sure if, you know, it was right. Uh, but then we sent him, you know, a rough edit of what we had going on for the video, and he, he fell in love with it and decided that he needed to do it. So it was great that we got those two days out of the way, um, and then we were able to do a, a third day, like, a month later, you know. That's great. So you really lucked out getting Ralph in at the end there. Oh, huh? absolutely, absolutely. Was there any attempt to get Elizabeth Shue involved either, or was that just not no. going to happen there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. That was my first thought. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm going to get to you know, I'm going to hang out with Elizabeth Shue." <laughs> but uh, yeah, that didn't work out. I don't know if um, I don't know what kind of efforts were made to track her down, or if she just wasn't really into into reliving that. I mean, yeah. I know obviously she's gone on to do some amazing things. Um, so maybe this is kind of you know. Actually, in the context of the video, I don't know how her character would have even fit in anyway, because she you left know, Danny. Right. She had her chance, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Yeah, you're right. I don't think that would have worked. It might have been a little bit weird. <laughs> well, how, how surreal. Are you? You're a fan of this movie growing <laughs> up, and, and you're smack dab in the middle of, of this set that's just a perfect recreation of that final fight scene of the movie, with people almost, you know, Give or take some some hairlines, they're more or less looking exactly <laughs> like they did. I mean, w- what's that feeling like, just just being there like that? Oh my gosh, you, you hit the nail on the head with surreal. That was exactly what what I felt. I mean, again, dangling from the wire, I looked down and I saw you know the actor that played Tommy, and he's got that grin, you know, the put him in a body bag grin, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, it was amazing. I was I couldn't believe, yeah, that these guys were all involved with it. So as surreal as it was for me, it was just as surreal for them. I found out, you know, because. Again, how, how realistic it looked, it felt to them like they had been teleported back in time 23 years and that they're on the set of Karate Kid again, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say as a, I mean, as a kid, I mean, I would say maybe my dreams would be to like to uh, maybe walk around as a stormtrooper on the Death Star set. <laughs> but, I mean, being there at the Karate Kid thing like that, that's pretty high up there as well. I mean, oh, that's got to be a dream come true there. Absolutely. Did you get to keep any of the, the props or hide anything away there to, to keep as a memento? 
Oh, no, I mean, they, they made me a special uh, No More Kings gi, you know, karate outfit, which I got to keep. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. And I don't know if you uh, could see it in the video, but there's, um, in uh, Johnny's apartment, his little, uh, you know, trailer there, he's got a, car, a full-size cardboard standee of, of uh, John Kreese, you know, his sensei. Yeah, yeah. And I really wanted to get that. I don't know where it went. I gotta find. I gotta track <laughs> it now. That was the one piece. That was the one piece that I wanted to take, and I didn't get it. Yeah, I got even just those funny details. You could really catch a lot of stuff in that video, like even the the, the no mercy spray painted outside of the trailer, <laughs> and yeah, just yep. it's. Uh... Well, um, now you're currently on tour, and folks uh, can check out performance dates on uh, your website, nomorekings.com. How's the audience uh, response been so far? It, honestly, it's been really good. We, we've been really, really lucky. I mean, we haven't had uh, huge crowds, obviously, yet. You know, no one really knows who we are. So the the shows that we're playing um, outside of Los Angeles are usually pretty small, you know, some, uh, small sure. venues. and Yeah. But um, the people, I mean, you know, they'll all come up to us afterwards and they tell us how much they enjoyed it. So it, the few people that, have, that do go out are, are, you know, actually responding very positively. So it's exciting. You're getting a lot of people that have seen the video and going out of their way to, to check you out after seeing it there, you think? Or? Yeah, just a few. Not a lot yeah. yet, but just in this past, you know, obviously it's only been out a week. So just in this past week, we've noticed that change where people will come in and before we go on, they'll find me in the audience and they'll go, hey man, shoot the like. And I'll be like, well, how do you, how do you know that? You know? <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's exciting to have people come sort of, you know, prepared. You know? Do people ever uh, mistake you for NBA star Scott Pollard? You know, no, I don't. I can see. I definitely see why they could think that. That guy's a little more suave than me, but uh, yeah, <laughs> he's got the look. <laughs> nice. So your songs are full of a lot of nostalgic references. Uh, you know, I, I see. Yeah, you know, this from the Smurfs to the mm-hmm. Peanuts and whatnot. Uh, and um, told me you graduated in '91, so you're definitely a, a child of the '80s, uh, like like a lot yeah. of us here. Um, what was your favorite uh, video game uh, from the 80s there that you really enjoyed oh playing? Oh, my gosh. I loved uh, Karate Champ, man, because it had the two joysticks. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like, it didn't, it didn't have any buttons. It just had the two joysticks, and you moved them independently, and you could jump and flip over the guy and then do a back kick and kick him in his spine. It was very oh, hard to play, yes. It was awesome. It was impossible. But if you, if you could master two moves, that's all you needed. You know, you could do the reverse punch to the crotch, or you could do the kick to the spine, and those are all you needed to do. <laughs> How about your favorite yeah, toy? My favorite. favorite toy? Oh, man. You know, I wish I could say it was the Rubik's Cube, but that thing defeated me. The only way for me to beat that was to peel the stickers off and put them back on the right way. <laughs> yeah, that was always the, the cheat way to do it, it there. It was yeah. the cheat, yeah. You could tell if people did it, too, because they wouldn't be aligned right, or they'd be, you know. He's like, you didn't really solve this. Um, but I guess, I don't know, I was a big fan of Hungry Hungry Hippos. It's not really a toy, I suppose. But. <laughs> what, what's the strategy of, of playing uh, a good game of Hungry Hungry Hippos? What's the secret there? <laughs> you got to come out swinging. You, you can't win. <laughs> you got to come out strong from the beginning. <laughs> How about a favorite cartoon? Oh, man. Jeez, uh, that's a good one. Uh, probably Transformers, man. Insane. Maybe G.I. Joe, except G.I. Joe, I think, I remember the moment when I figured out that the bad guys would never hit them with their lasers, you know? Yeah, kind of like the A-Team, once you realize they're never going to get shot, it kind of takes yeah. away the, the danger there, huh? Yeah, totally. You're like, wow, this guy, either they're the worst, you know, have the worst aim in the world, or, you know, there's a protective glow around these characters. You, you excited about the Transformers movie coming out this year? I was just going to say that, man. It looks, it looks like it's going to be amazing. You know, this is kind of a, a weird thing. So, 
we were interviewing choreographers for the for the Sweep the Leg video, uh-huh. and one of the guys that we interviewed was a guy that uh, had worked on the Transformers movie, and so he showed us on his laptop all the raw footage from the fight scenes, like all the wire work and stuff, and man, it's it's going to be insane. These the fights are unbelievable. The, the robots like use their guns to shoot the ground to propel themselves up in the air and. They just do some amazing things. I'm really having seen that stuff got me really jazzed about the movie. Wow! I mean the wire scenes. You mean like there's wire wire fighting scenes with the robots? You mean? Or? Yeah, yeah. But so what? I guess what they did was they used real stunt people, and they did like uh, they didn't do motion. They didn't do motion capture in the sense of putting the you know the little ping pongs on them. But they, I got you. They, for, but for the stylings of how they move and and whatnot right. there. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And then they're going to animate on top of that. So um, they'll just use that data probably. So, yeah, it looks pretty amazing, man. So the, the robots are going to be flying around. It's not, it's not kung fu, necessarily, but it's a lot of, like, you know, just unbelievable fights. Wow, that should be great to see. All right, how about your favorite uh, 80s babe that you had a crush on? Oh, man, I'm kind of partial to Ali Sheedy. Ah, Breakfast no, Club era? What's that? The Breakfast Club, Club yeah, era? Yeah, Breakfast Club, short circuit, yep, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I liked her in the Breakfast Club, but once she started shaking that dandruff on that picture, that kind of was the buzzkill for me there. <laughs> Forgot about that. Oh, man. <laughs> you might have ruined it for me, too, right now. Nice. You can tear down that poster now. So what what are your uh, musical influences? What what did you really dig growing up that, that helped shape what you're doing with your music now? Um, no doubt was, uh, I, mean, no, I mean, no doubt I was influenced by Michael Jackson. You know, he was probably the biggest single influence. Um, Beatles, you know, specifically Paul McCartney kind of his voice and the stuff that he was doing with melodies. Um, let's see, Billy Joel. I was always a big fan of Billy Joel. It sounds weird. Like, some of these people, uh, you, I, you're going to have trouble finding, like, how that... Like, it doesn't sound like when you listen to No More Kings, it doesn't sound like there's any, you know, elements of Billy Joel in there, but, you know, these are the guys that... Well, an influence I'm, doesn't have to be somebody you mimic, for sure. That's, uh, oh, that's true. That's yeah. True. <laughs> well, uh, you know, speaking of musical influences, uh, you know, you see American Idol being a big show on mm. tonight and tomorrow. And, I mean, do you, do you, what, do you th- what do you say American Idol's really doing good or bad for music in America? Uh, I think all of these sort of reality shows are, are, are doing kind of two things. I mean, on the good side, I think, and this is true with American Idol, I think, they're sort of debunking the, the myth of celebrity. You know, they're sort of showing us that these people are just people, you know, and they have strengths and weaknesses and, and you know, psychological problems, just like all of us. You know, they're not they're not bulletproof. You know, um, but the, the thing I kind of don't like about what American Idol's doing is they're putting this the, the wrong stress. I mean, people are going out uh, with this uh, that idea of becoming a superstar without really loving music. I mean, without really. I guess uh, Taylor Hicks is probably the only guy in in the recent seasons of that that I felt like was a guy that was going to do it no matter what, whether he won or lost. He was, you know, he had the music in him, kind of. Right. Yeah, Makes sense. But the other guys, I feel like, you know, they're just chasing it as a star. They just want to, you know, and I, so that makes me a little bit sad because I feel like, you know, you really you got to want it, man. It's not an easy life. You, you really got to you got to look at your life and say, there's nothing else I would rather do than than sing. You know, it's almost like they're pursuing the fame more than the the music uh, in that. I guess, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now I see you had a, a background in animation. What kind of things have you worked on in that regard? Oh, right. I um I did a lot of web animation for like the Jim Henson Company. You know the guys that made the, the Muppet Show and stuff. Sure, got to know them. Yeah. Right on. Uh, and then before that, I was at Disney working on like uh, video games for PlayStation and and uh, you know, home computers. Um, mostly like mostly what we call edutainment, which was you know 
for kids, but it sort of taught them as they had fun. Does that make sense? Kind of like the interactive story type things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But there'd be like little activities, like uh, for example, one of them was for a Lion King product I made, and, and there was, you know, uh, Simba and whoever were in the jungle, and you had to line up um, different colored hippos to make them match, and you know things like that. So there's slight video game aspects to it, but it's mostly. So your love of hungry, hungry hippos came in handy. Uh, when hey, full circle. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Good thing you, you, Mr. Mouth wasn't your favorite game, or else you'd be in a whole different sort of. Oh man, here. what I'd be doing. So uh, let's let's say uh, to kind of wrap things up here. I mean, p- people all over uh, the world are, are watching this uh, sweep the leg video and. I'm sure it's the first time uh, they're, they're they're finding out about No More Kings, but where where do they go from there? Let's say they want to sample another song or two from your album before making the leap to go onto iTunes and buy it or whatnot. What, what would you recommend they should uh, uh, try out uh, next uh, to see what No More Kings is all about? I think we've got a song uh, about Gulliver called Leaving Lilliput, and I think that's a, a good second song because it's it's a little more funky, it's a little more down-tempo than, um, than Street the Leg is. It has a little bit less of a novelty feel. You know, I know that a Super Lake can probably come off a bit of a novelty song. And, um, you know, not all the songs in the album are like that. I'm not giving up this time. I've got to keep my head clear. I keep telling myself. I keep telling myself. I keep telling myself. Come on, be strong. I keep telling myself. And that you can you can check that out on our MySpace page, and it's also at Super Like I mean, I'm sorry, NewMoreThings.com. Cool, and you'll be heading. Uh, looks like to the East Coast soon, going to Ohio and DC and New York and yeah. all over the place touring soon, and uh, yeah. a lot of a lot of nice little uh, reasonably uh, priced uh, venues from the look of it here. So it's a good way for people to check you out there. So. Uh, Thanks thanks for talking to us, Pete. And uh, people can check out your site at nomorekings.com. And um, really appreciate you taking the time to uh, um, talk to us. And, and, and thanks again for putting together which a, a real fun song and video there. It's one of the, the best things I've seen on the Internet in quite a long time. Oh, wow. Thanks, man. Thank you for saying that. Thanks. All right. Well, hey, have a good day and, uh, and take care. Good Best of luck right to on. you. All right. Thanks, man. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye. So there you have it. Again, you can visit their uh, website at nomorekings.com and uh, check them out there. It's a real, real fun, uh, fun guy, fun video, and uh, just everything about it's just great. So check it out, that's for sure. I was uh, reading a, an interesting piece of news uh, today. I went to uh, slashfilm.com and they say Ghostbusters three confirmed. It says uh, looks like a third Ghostbusters film might actually happen after all. The catch is it'll be completely computer animationed. Because uh, apparently uh, Bill Murray, according to Dan Aykroyd, uh, does not want to uh, do a live-action Ghostbusters anymore. I don't know if it's because he's too old or whatever, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what you think. A completely computer-animated Ghostbusters movie uh, could be kind of fun. I mean, they'd have had a Ghostbusters cartoon. I'd rather see that than nothing. Um, I think there's room to do a live-action Ghostbusters uh, sequel, though. I, Ghostbusters Two is probably. You know, certainly gone down as one of the most disappointing sequels of all time. But uh, maybe that'd be a good chance for uh, them to redeem themselves there. 
So, uh, speaking of concerts, uh, in about a week, uh, I'm going to be uh, checking out Todd Snyder, um, who we've interviewed on our former podcast here. In fact, if you check out episode 98, you can uh, hear our uh, interview with him, and we might be interviewing him again shortly, but um, definitely check him out in concert. Here, here's actually a little bit from his live album that, that might tell you a little bit about what you'd expect from Todd. Thank you so much. It's good to be back in town so soon. <laughs> If you've never heard me play before, my name's Todd Snyder. I've been driving around 15 years making this shit up, singing it for anybody that'll listen to it. Some of it's sad, some of it's funny, some of it's short, some of it's longer than others. Sometimes I'll go on for as many as 18 minutes in between the song. (laughs) Sometimes I'll tell a story about why I come up with one song, and then I'll come back to town a few months later and tell a whole nother story about it. (laughs) So if I do that, I'm sorry. (laughs) This one, I don't say nothing, I just play. You you can go to toddsnyder.net and uh, click the tours button and see uh, where he's coming. I'll actually be seeing Todd Snyder at the Great American Music Hall in San Francisco on Sunday, February 18th. Uh, I'll also be seeing him Tuesday, February 20th at the Palms in Winters and then at the Mystic Theater in Petaluma on the 21st. So it's going to be uh, three shows in four days for me there uh, to see Todd Snyder. If you guys happen to be going out there, uh, give me a heads up. You'd like to, uh, to get a hold of you there. Also on uh, February 17th, coming up very soon, uh, trash Film Orgy that I've been involved with for over six years now. Uh, we're having a, a special benefit movie at the Crest Theater. We're going to be showing Bucket of Blood, and all the ticket proceeds are going to go towards the funding of the movie that I'm in, uh, Monster from Bikini Beach. Uh, I say I'm in it, I, I, I'm in a very small part of this movie, but I do get killed in it, so it's yet another movie that I get killed in. That's a, a good sign for uh, any movie to be successful. And um, I'd love to see you there, uh, February 17th in Sacramento at the Crest Theater. It's a midnight movie, Saturday. Should be a lot of fun. And uh, I will be hosting the bloodiest movie scenes of all time on screen. This will be really fun because it will be sort of like a live-action retro crush feature. And I'll be on stage and I'll be introducing the clips and having a lot of fun. So what will those uh, bloodiest scenes be? Uh, only your mom knows for sure. I've told her uh, while we were... You know, basically she held me in her arms last night. So that's what your mom told me last night. That's for sure. So uh, I I think I'm going to uh, leave you today. And uh, I hope you all have a good night. And uh, I'm going to leave you with a really cool bit of a song from the Malcolm X soundtrack by Spike Lee. And um, we'll we'll do a special tribute to that soundtrack in a whole other episode. But uh, just to sort of whet your appetite... I'm going to uh, play a song called Beans and Cornbread, a little clip of that song. Fun, fun soundtrack. And if, this may be the best song about beans and cornbread getting in a fight that I've ever heard in my life. And um, so always call the Retro Crush hotline, 916-231-9480. We've got a bunch of your voicemails saved up. We'll play on the next episode. And um, I got a new episode coming up very shortly. In fact, uh, Randy from Retro Crush and I recorded some stuff. So just in two more days, you're going to hear a whole other episode. We're on a good schedule here. Some other things I want to tell you off the top of my head. 
Um, I finally saw Little Miss Sunshine last night, and it's one of the funniest movies I've seen in a long time. Steve Carell is great, and Greg Kinnear is great, Tony Collette. Everybody in this movie is fantastic. It's certainly uh, the best ensemble cast in a comedy film I've seen um, probably since Passion of the Christ. So uh, it's a good movie in, in every way. You should check it out. Um, I also saw The Devil uh, Wears Prada. Uh, I thought Meryl Streep was fantastic in that. Anne Hathaway was pretty good as well. Um, not not an all-time great movie, but it was it was funny and entertaining. I, I enjoyed it. And um, if you're listening and paying attention, I've got a couple copies of a of a vintage movie I'd like to give away. Uh, it's Judy Garland and Robert Walker. Starring in The Clock, and it says here it's wartime and young people are rushing into hasty, sometimes unwise marriages, but not pretty level-headed Alice. Then she meets Joe, a G.I., on a two-day pass and falls heart over level head in love. So it looks like a fun movie here, and it's got some extras on it. And if you'd like to uh, win a copy, email me at rberry at retrocrush.com. And just uh, let me know that you heard this on the podcast, and uh, and uh, I'll put you in the running for that. I will I will announce the winners very shortly, so you can get this in time for Valentine's Day. Uh, if there's someone that you're in love, your special loved one, um, some of you that may be a greased up hand with Cheeto dust on it, but you know, hey, you take the love where you can find it. That's what I say. So here uh, we'll be, you know, email us rberry at retrocrush.com. Visit our MySpace page at uh, myspace.com slash retrocrush. Call the Retrocrush hotline, 916-231-9480. And uh, please, you know, visit, visit uh, me at the, uh, at the Crest Theater for our big uh, movie benefit on February 17th. Uh, be happy to uh, let me know in advance that you're coming. Maybe we can uh, hook up and say hi there. Uh, so... Look forward to hear from you, and uh, without further ado, here is Beans and Cornbread by Louis Jordan. Beans and Cornbread Beans and Cornbread Beans and Cornbread Beans and Cornbread had a fight Beans knocked Cornbread out of sight Cornbread said, now that's alright Meet me on the corner tomorrow night Ah! 